listening to Hope Signals with Mark and Susan Mason, the podcast of Life on the Verge Ministries. Hope Signals is a podcast where we offer practical principles and motivational insights aimed at helping people navigate their hopes and dreams. I do apologize for, uh, actually, I think it's been a couple of weeks. I really want to do these weekly. Um, I could, I've been getting some great reports um, of people getting something out of these podcasts, and so I'm going to keep right on doing it and hopefully get a little more consistent. I've ordered the gear so I can keep it set up in the camper uh, when we're on the road to try to be a little more consistent. It is challenging at times with um, all the hectic things going on on the road, but nevertheless, we are home for about a month before we hit the road again for another three months. We just finished uh, three months on the road. We did. We set out to do eight prison events um, that was all that had opened up. By the time it was over with, we did 15 prison events, six church services, two concerts at uh, KOA campgrounds, and uh, boy, we are tired. It's Wednesday. Um, Monday and Tuesday was pretty much a lump. I'm trying to come—we got home Sunday night. I'm trying to come up out of the muck here and finish part three of this series, Shots Fired. Shots Fired. There's definitely— Shots are being fired in our in our culture. They have been being fired for uh, for centuries. Um, you know, I, I believe that on one hand, America, for example, we're talking about America, the United States of America. On one hand, we are one of the darkest nations on the earth. We are we lead uh, the world in things like homicides and incarceration and just all sort of terrible statistics. On the other. We're still a shining city on a hill. We still send more missionaries, more compassionate aid to other nations. Um, we, I, I believe we have more Christians per capita, professing Christians anyway, than any other nation. So, I mean, I know we get 24-7, 365 bad news. The media knows we thrive on bad news, so they just keep it rolling. And if we keep our eyeballs there, we will get this fatalist mentality that says, why try? You know, that's why, at least that's, one reason um, there's such violence uh, in the uh, lower socioeconomic areas in our country is there's a fatalist mindset that says, hey, you, you know, if you found out um, there's no hope, the end of the world is coming, um, you, you, you know, you see when looters start looting places, when hurricanes happen and all that kind of thing. There's this limited view. They don't have an eternal view. They don't have a sense of accountability to God for their actions. And so they just seize the day and take whatever they can get. Well, if we're not careful, we can get a little bit of a fatalist mentality, almost like a why try, the world's going to hell in a handbasket anyway, and we got to steer away from that. we got to realize that God can favor and bless us and our dreams in the middle of any circumstance, in the middle of any nation, under any leader, God can favor and bless his people. He can give you dreams and visions of things that he's put in you that he wants you to do with your life during your time on earth. And listen, light shines brightest in the darkness. And and so that's what this podcast is all about. And uh, I'm happy to do it. I hope to get more 
consistent with it once we, we get back on the road. Let me tell you, I try, man. I Sometimes I'll record this thing three or four times. I'll listen back to it and, and really try to give you the best that I can give you. So I hope you get something out of this. Uh, part three of Shots Fired. I'm going to give you uh, three requirements of a smooth trigger press when we get to the end of it. I was using the illustration of firing a handgun. I learned in the police academy, you know, sometimes we can pick up a handgun if you're a handgun shooter, but the tendency is to put your focus on the target down the firing range and you'll never hit it. You'll be lucky if you hit it, if you do that. Your focus needs to be on the front sights of the firearm. Well, first, first let me back up, I digress. You gotta have a firm grip. You've gotta have a firm grip on the firearm. And I used that to, in the first uh, episode to talk about keeping a firm grip on truth. What did God say? Not what did Tucker, Tucker Carlson say? What did Anderson Cooper say? You know, what did President Biden say? What does God's word say? We've got to keep a firm grip on truth, cling to those promises, claim those promises over our lives, over our family, over our vocation. Um, and then the, the next thing I talked about was front sights. We got to keep the main thing the main thing. We've got to realize that God put us on this earth to leave a lasting impression uh, with our lives for his glory. So that's got to be our driving motive. And I even went so far as to say, well, our primary focus should be on the front sights. The target is fuzzy in the distance, but our secondary focus has to be on the rear sight. It's a little fuzzy because the main focus is our goal of leaving a lasting impression for the kingdom of God with our lives. The rear sights are kind of like our vocation, our dreams, the things God gives us uh, to do that with. we got to line those things up, and uh, that's when we hit the target. So I, I was thinking this morning about my seventh grade teacher, Miss Santucci, who was weird to say the least. Listen, our public schools were having problems all the way back in the 70s because she would come in and tell us 12-year-olds about um, the seances and things that she had been involved in uh, over the weekend. One time she gave us a project as 12-year-olds to write our own obituary. Now that that's pretty strange for a 12-year-old, but it's kind of a valid exercise as an adult to think about what people will say about you and your life and the impression that you left while you were on the earth. Now, I, we can tend to think that we all got to be rock stars. We all got to leave this huge impression, uh, you know, for the world to see. It really comes down to not, not just the mark that we leave on those closest to us after we're gone, but the mark that we leave every day as we go through our day-to-day -day lives, as we go to the fast food place, as we go to our church, as we encounter people, what kind of, are we leaving a life-giving, uh, a love-projecting um, impression on people? You know, when I was in forensics, one of the things we did is we studied tool marks, and we learned to take molds of tool marks. You know, what I mean by that is, you know, a pry bar, a hammer, whatever was used maybe to break into a business. We had this, you know, rubbery type stuff. And we would take a mark of that, an impression of that particular thing. And to some degree, you could match a specific tool with a specific mark. And I believe that's what God wants to do with our lives. Wherever we go, not, not just after we're gone, but day to day. So how do we steer clear of the many traps that we can fall into 
uh, and you know, sin and all that, the things that can snag us up, steer clear of those things, but also create a successful impression with our life. By successful impression, I mean a life-giving, a love-giving, a kingdom-building impression with our lives. How do, you, you know, the United States may very well fall as an empire one day, but we cannot deny that the United States has made a lasting impression on this world. And I believe it is because we were founded on Judeo principles, Judeo-Christian principles. Um, you know, uh, Woodrow Wilson said this. He said, a nation that does not remember what it was yesterday does not know what it is today, nor what it is trying to do. We are trying to do a futile thing if we do not know where we have come from or what we've been about. America was born as a Christian nation. America was born to exemplify that devotion to the tenets of righteousness, which are derived from the revelation of Holy Scripture. Isn't that amazing? Andrew Jackson said, the Bible is the rock upon which our republic rests. These are the foundations that I believe we're drifting off of. You know, Martin Luther was a um, German uh, monk, so I guess he was talking about German schools, but man, listen, listen to this quote. I am afraid that the schools will prove the very gates of hell unless they diligently labor in explaining the holy scriptures and engraving them in the hearts of youth. So what happened? Well, we're, we're drifting off of, of these foundations. Now, we were never a perfect nation, but I believe that we were closer to God. We were our, our, our country was being steered according to godly principles to some degree, and God has blessed that, took a, a, a small band of settlers and turned it into the mightiest empire to ever exist. So when we look at that and we go, okay, well, that's how um, a successful empire was built on these principles. How much more can we say, well, God can build a successful life out of my life, if, regardless of what my country's doing, I can still be successful if I'll build my life on these principles and these foundations. Listen, listen to what Benjamin Franklin said. You know, they were at the Constitutional Convention, a Constitution Convention, um, trying to script the Constitution. What a document that has been. It's changed the world, literally. Well, they kind of hit an impasse. They were arguing back and forth. And, and Benjamin Franklin, who was a theist, not necessarily a Christian, still he said this, and this is all well-documented, by the way. He said this. I, I believe he was speaking to George Washington. He said, I have lived, sir, a long time. And the longer I live, the more convincing proofs I see of this truth, that God governs in the affairs of men. And if a sparrow cannot fall to the ground without his notice, is it probable that an empire can rise without his aid? We have been assured, sir, in the sacred writings that except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. I firmly believe this, and I also believe that without his concurring aid, we shall succeed in this political building no better than the builders of Babel. We shall be divided by our little partial local interest, our projects will be confounded, and we ourselves shall become a reproach and a byword down through future ages. And what is worth... Worse, mankind may hereafter from this unfortunate instance despair of establishing governments, be human wisdom, and leave it to chance, war, and conquest. I therefore beg leave to move that henceforth 
prayers, imploring the assistance of heaven and its blessing on our deliberations be held in this assembly every morning before we proceed to business, and that one or more of the clergy of the city be requested to officiate in that service. Isn't that amazing? Do you know to this day, Congress is opened in prayer? Even the Virginia Assembly, for that matter, one time when I was a pastor, I actually got to do that. Now, unfortunately, um, they've broadened what we mean by prayer. You know, uh, I, I think Muslim clerics and all sorts of other religions can now get involved in that. But Benjamin Franklin and the founding fathers, their their primary perspective was on Christianity and the God of Christianity. So, so why am I saying all this? Well, I'm saying that, well... We can see that we've drifted off of that, and and uh, you know the problems in schools in the 1950s and before uh, are minuscule compared to the mass shootings and all the evil things happening in our schools today and throughout our country, for that matter. As we've almost mocked God with some of our policies um, as a nation, uh, we've seen His blessing uh, kind of retract a little bit. Well, I'm looking at this and I'm saying. Well, if God can bless a nation that chooses to ask for his blessing and chooses to follow his principles, then surely he can bless my life even if the nation is sliding off its moors. You know what I'm saying? So I've got to come back to this and go, well, I, I can't forget what God did yesterday. i got to look at what God, how God says to function and operate my life. I've got to begin my day with prayer. I, I can still adhere to godly principles. And this isn't a heaven or, heaven or hell type deal, okay? I, I was spoken at a church on Sunday, Hope Community Church in Hedgesville, West Virginia, and I said, you know, I brought up the fact that when Susan and I first— um, you know, came to the Lord. We were living together, but we weren't married. Well, we were saved. You know, our, we had believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. We're not saved by our ability to not sin. We're saved because we believe Jesus is our righteousness, that what he did on the cross paid for our sins. He is our advocate. He is the way that we can go back to God, and God becomes our friend, our father. Um so this isn't a heaven or hell deal about being saved. But I realized that I knew, I just knew, like if I want God to bless this relationship and I want it to endure, then I can't live in what the Bible calls fornication. I can't live outside of the principle God laid out in his word that we are to marry. And so 30 days later, we were married and in December, we'll be married 39 years and, and uh, we love each other more today than ever and get to do awesome things together. And I blame it all on God and our decision to try to steer our lives um, by the principles of God's word. And we don't obviously don't always get it right, but that's the goal, just like America didn't always get it right. We, man, we are imperfect, even with, there was never a time when we didn't have problems with sinfulness and selfishness and all those types of things that caused a lot of pain and suffering. But the overall picture uh, is the blessing of God on the United States of America that can, can also be on my life, even in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. So, front sights or rather firm grip, front sights, smooth trigger press. Let's talk for a minute um, about uh, this idea of a smooth trigger press. Um, three requirements, I believe. You know, if you don't have a smooth trigger press, you can, you can uh, have a firm grip 
on a firearm, for example, you can have the sights lined up and your focus on the front sight, your secondary focus on the rear sight, but if you jerk that trigger the tiniest little bit, it's gonna throw your trajectory off and you're not gonna hit what you were aiming at. So for us, a smooth trigger press is all about our reaction, our actions our re and our reactions to the things going on around us. You know, I, I here's an example of a jerky uh, trigger press that didn't land the, 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 the shot where it needed to land. Um, I guess it was last week or week before last, there was some kind of uh, a pickup truck went out of control at a pride parade in Fort Lauderdale and took someone's life, almost hit a politician. And immediately the mayor of Fort Lauderdale came out and called it a terrorist attack. And all these, you know, caustic things he said about the evil type of people that did this, and it was a hate crime. It didn't take long to find out that the person that actually was driving the truck was um, part of the parade. They were there to forward the agenda, so to speak, and be a part of things. It was an older man whose foot slipped off the pedal and somehow got snagged up between the brake and the gas pedal, and he lost control and basically took the life of one of his own. So that was a bad trigger press. The man needed more wisdom, more patience, which is what I want to talk about. For us as believers, the thing I pray for every day, this is the first requirement if we're going to have a smooth trigger press when we step out to do things, um, we've got to have wisdom. James 1.5 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. We need wisdom. I would highly suggest that you read in the Proverbs every single day. Solomon is frequently regarded as, as the wisest man that ever lived. It's full of wise, um, biblical, godly principles to steer our lives. There's some in there that don't make a lot of sense, uh, you know, but as, as we study them, suddenly some of them do. Then there are some that are just seem to be like common sense. I will say that Solomon said, First and foremost, that wisdom is the principal thing. What is wisdom? Wisdom is applied knowledge, knowing when to do what. We need that. You know, I pray for it every day. Lord, help me see the most important thing. For me, on a practical scale, I'll do a brain dump, usually on Sunday nights, sometimes on Monday morning, of all the things I need to do to get where I want to get the next week or so. And I'll, I mean, everything from phone calls and emails <coughs> and messages, excuse me, that are, that are again focused on how, how do I unpack the things that God has put in me to how do I keep my um, keep a firm grip on truth and keep my my focus on the front sights, my secondary focus on the rear sights and move the ball down the field. So I'll brain dump all this stuff. And then I'll look at it, and I, you know, some of them are low-hanging fruit. I can do it with a quick email. I can do it. I try to clump them together and go, all right, well, I ask God for wisdom. What's most important? What's the most important thing that I can do today that needs to be done? What things are going to take more focus? And I try to categorize those things and then map out my week and not get too distracted. I don't always hit what I'm aiming at. I get distracted. I, I get lazy, just like all of us. But that's how I, I try. I try to have wisdom. What do I want to accomplish this week? What And then day to day, if I get this done today, today was a win. And uh, there's a great book out there called The One Thing, you know, the, where the, the author talks about 
what is the one thing that if I get this done, it'll make everything else better or easier? And uh, so that, that's a good principle to, to, to go by. If I get this nagging one thing out of the way, I think it was Mark Twain that said, eat the frog first, you know, um, meaning, or eat that frog, he said. Uh, there, we all have this thing that we don't want to do that we put off and we procrastinate. But if we'll do that thing, suddenly pressure's off. So this is all about wisdom, asking God for wisdom day to day about how I uh, take steps toward trying to accomplish the things he's given me to do. This is all about a smooth trigger press. The second requirement is patience, patience, especially in this world that we live in. We've got to learn to be patient. James also said in James 1.19, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen slow to speak, slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. The knee-jerk reaction to the things happening in this world, one of the dangers is we get distracted off the main thing that we want to accomplish with our life. When we look at the skills and abilities and experiences and opportunities that God has given us, we want to pull all those things together and focus on leaving a lasting impact uh, with our lives, not just after we're gone, but but day to day. And so, if 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 we get if we have knee jerk reactions, we lack patience. We see a post on social media, we see a headline, and immediately we jump out and get distracted off the main thing. That's not a smooth trigger press. We've got to have patience. Without wisdom and patience, we can't very we can very well burn bridges that could have helped us achieve our goal. Again, wisdom is applied knowledge. We've got to realize that often our knowledge isn't accurate. We need to listen a little more. The media screws this up every day, and what happens? They lose credibility. We've got to back off. We've got to have wisdom. We've got to have patience. Patience is a fruit of the Spirit. It's an attribute of God. Psalm 103, uh, 8 through 10 says this, The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. God is patient. 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. We need to learn to be patient. You know, God's goal isn't just to save us from our sins. It is to recreate Christ in us. The longer that we walk with him, the more our lives uh, emulate the life of Jesus, and Jesus is patient. You know, let me give you an example of of what I mean by this and how this applies to achieving our goals. I love to play music. I, I really do. I just, and it's not about the applause of the crowd. That's nice. I just love that feeling, especially with a band uh, when there's chemistry. There's really nothing like that. And all the musicians said, amen. So that's my deal, man. That's, that's kind of my rear sights, part of my, my vocation. So a few times I've gone out and when we were off the road and uh, played with local bands, you know, audition, got in the band, play with them. Matter of fact, I was in a band uh, and 
I had played with them for a couple of months, and I, they found me, by the way, on a site called bandmix.com, and I figured, well, I'll go out and meet some people and see what happens. I knew we were going to be hitting the road for prisons and all that, and it might, it might not be a long-term thing, but I went out and played with them. And it didn't take long. They didn't know what I do for a living. They didn't know I used to be a pastor. They didn't even know I was a Christian. I didn't know that about them. We just got together to play music, talk about football, music, whatever. And they were a great group of guys. We'd get together in this this guy's basement, and I made some new and lasting friends. But while I was playing with them, slowly but surely, uh, and I didn't mean for this to happen. It's happened uh, several times, and I think it's because the Lord has given me somewhat of a gift of, of leadership. I, I seem to rise to the top, and they drew this out of me, and eventually I became one of the primary singers, and Susan started singing with us, and a uh, guitar player, and we were doing my original, our original music and some cover tunes. We played a couple of clubs and things around town, festival-type things, and finally I went to them, and I said, you know what, guys? Um, uh, we're going to be going on the road, and so I'm I'm going to have to respectfully drop out of the band. Uh, we won't be back for another two or three months. And you know what they did? They said, well, you know, we'll just keep practicing. We'll, we'll wait for you to get back. And they sure enough did and got back together with them. Now, through all of that, I, I never blatantly talked about who I am, what I believe, my political opinions, or any of that. We just got together on the common bond of music. Now, slowly but surely... We, we were playing out at a bar, of all places, and uh, Susan was sitting at a table with one of the wives, and it started to open up. They started to talk about what we do and who we, we really are and, and, uh, and life on the verge and all that. And they embraced it because the, re- the relationship was first built on that common ground of music, and, and it turns out they, they highly respected what we, we do. And we didn't talk about it a lot, um, but then... I did finally have to leave the band. Uh, you know, we were hitting the road for six months at a time. It's just kind of dissolved as bands do sometimes. And uh, one of the guys who I don't, I still don't know. I perceived him to maybe be a liberal thinker, an intelligent man. Um, I, I wasn't sure he could have been an atheist for all I knew. I didn't know, and so I wasn't. I wasn't trying to preach. I didn't feel called to. That's going to get to my third requirement, by the way, of a smooth trigger press in a second here, but. Uh, Lo and behold, two or three years later, uh, because we're friends on Facebook, he posted a particular guitar for sale. And this was a guitar that could have easily sold, I think, for $1,000 to $1,500. He sold that guitar to me for $150, and it has become a a primary instrument in what we do for inmates. Now, I'm sure that this is going to unpack more as years go on, because he's my friend, and, and, and I think he's an awesome dude. But we still haven't had that heart-to-heart discussion about religion or politics. Not that I've avoided it. It just hasn't been a thing yet. So my point is, maybe he is an atheist. I don't know. Maybe he is a screaming left-wing liberal. I don't know. It hasn't come up. I've been trying to be a good listener and get to know this man. And if the Lord provokes me to, to really just blatantly you know, come out and given my what for about religion or politics, then I'll do that. My point is, is that through wisdom and patience, this man, regardless of what his beliefs are, has been an instrument that God has used to to literally provide an instrument for me to hit my target. You see what I'm saying? I hope that makes a little bit of sense. Okay, so now this leads to the third requirement, 
and I hope I don't go over, but I got to finish this series. The third requirement is uh, the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. We need wisdom. We need patience, but we need the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is in us, and it's come to us to be a counselor, to lead us, and to guide us, and uh, we've got to listen to that. And that's what I tried to do with this relationship I just mentioned with these guys who are my friends, and maybe hopefully we planted some seeds, had some positive influence on them. Maybe they watch what Life on the Verge does, and we're just scattering some seed. But uh, I'm not going to burn a bridge by, you know, just going all out and posting all of my opinions on social media, for example. I don't feel led to do that. Maybe you do. I'm not going to criticize you. But I realize that God can use other people regardless of their political persuasion, regardless of their religious persuasion, God can use them to help me hit my target. And if I'm listening to the Holy Spirit, maybe the day will come uh, when God opens a door, opens the ears. You know, for years I tried to witness to my brother and he shut me down every time. Finally, the day came, he wanted to listen. And, and we began to talk, and it actually led to him following the Lord and being in heaven today. So let me give you this last illustration. Now, these folks were believers about being led by the Holy Spirit, why we've got to have wisdom, why we've got to have patience. And um, thank God for the Holy Spirit when he restrains us sometimes. This particular case, I was a pastor. I may have shared this before. I'm going to share it again because it's relevant to the point. I was the pastor at um, a church plant and a couple filled out a visitor card. They had uh, different uh, last names, but the same address, which led me to believe they were living together, uh, which no problem. You're, our arms are open wide. Come to church. You know, you'll you'll learn the principles of God and God's time. Well, they served, man. They were they served in our ministries and started to kind of rise as people that were approved to be leaders of certain ministries. Now it really began to to weigh on me that I've got to say something about uh, this relationship. i got to find out more anyway um, and what's going on here and maybe give some counsel. I dreaded it because they'd become our friends, and but I, I felt, you know, I, I, I probably need to say something as a leader, as a pastor, as a shepherd. Uh, and so week by week, this went on, by the way, for a few months as I labored over that decision of when to talk to them. Finally, the day came. And I'd been praying. I was like, Lord, is this, the, is this the Sunday? Let me see. And I walked in on Sunday morning intent on asking them to dinner where we were going to have a conversation. And I walked in and the lady part of this couple walks up to me and holds up her hand with a wedding band on it and says, guess what we did this weekend? And I just said, thank you, Jesus, for wisdom, for patience, for the leading of the Holy Spirit. Now, this dear couple stayed a part of our church and let me tell you something, I have not seen them face-to-face -face in five or six years, but they have given literally tens of thousands of dollars to Life on the Verge since we began. Wow. That's how a jerky trigger press, a lack of wisdom, a lack of patience, being slow to, to, to speak and, and being patient to listen, a lack of wisdom, a lack of patience, and a lack of being led by the Holy Spirit could have robbed us of how God was trying to use this dear couple to help us hit our target. Hey, I hope that helps. This concludes this episode or this series. 
shots fired, and I do hope to be pretty consistent for the month that we're home. Be praying for us. We've got a ton of maintenance and administrative stuff to do uh, that we, you know, and that God continues to provide for our ministry. We're believing God for a new truck. We need it literally, not desperately yet. Uh, I'm trying to avoid desperately. Uh, the vehicle that we use to get back and forth from our RV to the prisons it has 221,000 miles on it. It's on its second transmission, and it has nowhere near the space that we need to carry the things we need to carry. So we're believing God for a 2012 GMC Sierra with less than 100,000 miles and an eight-foot bed. It doesn't have to be fancy. It just needs to be in good shape with a crew cab, by the way, because my guitars go across the back seat, and sometimes we uh, carry other people with us and it is a towable weight for our RV. And I just discovered this thing called a bed slider, which we're going to put one of those in it, praise God. It goes across the bed of the truck. You put all your stuff on it, and then it slides out of the bed so you can access everything. So we got a dream, and mark my words, if God's in it, we're going to win it in Jesus' name. Y'all have a great week. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thank you for listening to Hope Signals. You can learn more about us at lifeontheverge.com. We're a completely donor-funded ministry that carries the good news to prisons around the United States. You can help us by sharing this podcast, by partnering with us with a tax-deductible gift at lifeontheverge.com, or by even talking to your leader or pastor about having us come and minister at your church or your business.